Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, we are live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host for a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do from a law enforcement perspective. And yes, you see a uh, uh, not really a new face, but a returning face, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman on the show. So he is back, and he's talking today about how to survive a deadly force encounter. It's going to be a great show. Uh, we also have attorney, attorney Anthony Bandiero from Blue the Gold, and uh, we also have Dr. Jason Piccolo, and he hosts the Protectors Podcast, a recently retired Fed. He's uh, also a professor, so uh, thanks for being on the show, gentlemen. I really appreciate it. And also a shout-out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP. We have uh, Galls, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.Live, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. As a matter of fact, and, and Colonel, this is not the uh, the Vuz, which has the – I do have some caffeine in this one, but it is the uh, Star Blast, which has got a great flavor to it. So that's what's fueling me the day and allowing me to talk so fast. Also, a, a shout-out to uh, Brian Burns for the free press for carrying our content. Thank you. And huge shout-out, Ray Dietrich with Red Voice Media. You know, we're streaming to eight locations right now, and we're, we're back on YouTube because we're, we're at a YouTube jail uh, as of last Friday. Uh, but three of those streams that we're doing have one million followers, and they are with Red Voice Media. So Ray, Ray Dietrich had an emergency, could not make the show the day. But thanks, uh, Ray, for letting us borrow uh, one million of your followers at three of those Facebook pages. Really appreciate that. Um, so, guys, um, let's go ahead and and, uh, and and get and get started. You know, I want to give a little intro about the colonel. You know, everybody you know should know who the colonel is. You know, he's pretty much a household name when it comes to law enforcement and military. Uh, former U.S. Army Ranger, uh, of course. You know, once you're a ranger, you're always a ranger. West Point psychology professor, author. His books are required reading for uh, not not just Marines but Special Forces, and the list goes on and on. They're very easy reading on killing, on hunting, and a lot of faith-based books as well. Expert witness, he's testified before Congress, uh, appeared in front, you know, at the White House, and all his information. You go to GrossmanOnTruth.com. He does a lot of uh, special engagements and speaking engagements as well. Um, so, anyhow, Colonel, I appreciate you being on the show. Can't wait to uh, to hear what you have to say for uh, say for us today. And uh, let me uh, let there me go. It's an there honor. You go. There you go. It's an honor to be on board, Chip. Again, you got a great show and a great uh, audience, uh, and uh, it's it's truly my privilege. Thank you, sir. Well, I, I understand that we're going to be talking about, I guess, how the how to survive a deadly force encounter. And, and you know, we've got um, some videos coming up that would that would really uh, um, solidify that conversation. You know, we've got in fact, there was one that just got released yesterday. And unfortunately, we had a, a couple of cops. You know, it, it went down a little while ago. They just released the video of a couple of cops that ended up getting killed you know, by a guy, by a bad guy getting out of a car with a uh, with a long gun with an AR. And the cops took him on with a pistol. That didn't work out so well for the cops. They did not survive. Uh, but neither did the bad guy. Uh, but uh, but yeah, you know, it, it, it's funny. You know, people talk about law enforcement, Colonel, about, you know, there's other uh, professions where, you know, you have, you know, that are dangerous and you can die. But but nothing quite where you've got the violence associated with the death involving law enforcement officers. You know, things are the first step in this uh, resiliency model is to understand how desperately bad the situation is, Chip. Uh, violence has exploded like nothing we've ever seen before. Uh, we've never seen more than a 30% annual increase in homicides. In 2020, we had the Minneapolis effect, a 30% increase in homicides. If 2021 had stayed the same, it'd be bad. But 2021 was up another 4%. Uh, and the crazy thing is that we covered this, and we're just kind of touching base briefly on things we covered before. Medical technology is holding down the murder rate. Year after year, we're saving ever more lives. 
tourniquets alone have cut the murder rate in half in just the last decade. The number of dead people underrepresent the problem. I had the chance to talk to Vice President Pence. I told him, just like we have inflation-adjusted dollars, we need medically-adjusted murders. When we do that, we'll understand how desperately bad the situation actually is. So it's crazy. The wheels have come off the bus. And that means that you're no longer allowed to walk out there in denial. Don't be the sheep, be the sheepdog. Don't say, oh, my God, I never thought this would happen. Say, you know, I knew this could happen someday. I prepared for a lifetime. I'm ready. Now, when it happens, the goal is forearmed and forewarned and forearmed. Know what's going to happen to your mind and body. Number one, tunnel vision. Almost everybody gets tunnel vision. Uh, bad guys have tunnel vision, too. Rapid lateral movement will get you off their radar screen. Uh, and they, they get explosively off the X. Understand tunnel vision, almost the universal. Uh, in surveys, 80% of cops were aware of tunnel vision. The other 20% weren't even aware. We know that's happening because when we look at videos of force-on-force force engagements again and again, they say, oh, that guy was right in front of me. I didn't realize it. I guess that was tunnel vision. Boom. So bad guys have tunnel vision too. Rapid lateral movement, get explosively off the X. You can come right off their radar screen. Slow motion time absolutely blows people's minds. I have had hundreds of people tell me they see the bullet in combat. It's not like the Matrix where the bullet crawls past. We've, we've all done airsoft. We've done paintball. The bullet's slow enough you attract to your eyes. That's what's happening. I uh, Just a year ago, I was in Long Island. I had a bunch of NYPD and Long Island cops and a group of U.S. Marshals. The marshals had recently been in a horrendous gunfight. One of the marshals told me she was in a confined space, no lateral movement available. Bad guy points a gun at her. She leans back and fires her weapon. She said, she said, I watched the bullet go past and clip my hair. I literally watched the bullet go past and clip my hair. Uh, and, and one of the most important things is memory gaps. Half of all trained season cops have blackouts, just, just memory gaps. And one out of five just flat remembered something that did not happen, memory distortions. And I want to give you an amazing example of memory distortion. Uh, a young officer came up to me in, uh, in Indiana just a couple of years ago, young black officer, amazing young man. He said, you're right, things are crazy. He said, I've been in three deadly force incidents in just the last two years. He said, the last time I got, drew a knife on me and his arms reach away. Now you start a knife fight, arms reach away, you're going to get cut. You know, what happened to the 21 foot rule when it starts at arms reach away? He said, I drew my weapon and fired. But I thought to myself, the guy, I think the guy thought to himself, I'm going to get cut. I'm going to keep fighting. And that's a good thing to think. I'm going to get cut. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to get shot. I'm going to keep fighting. He drew his weapon and fired, hit the spinal cord. That guy dropped like a bag of rocks. Almost never happens with a pistol. You know, in Hollywood and movies, get shot once with a pistol, they fly away. It almost never happens unless you're making a, a, a really good headshot or unless you hit that spinal cord. Boom, that guy dropped like a bag of rocks he'd never touched. But he said, I saw blood on my hands. I kept looking for the blood on my hands. The peer support guy comes and picks him up, takes him to the hospital. He's fine, but always go to the hospital to check up on. And, and, and he said, the peer support guy, buddy of mine said, dude, for the last time, there is no blood on your hands. Stop asking me. That's how powerful the memory distortions can be. So think about this. Mem tunnel vision, things right in front of you that you don't see. Memory gaps, things that happen that, boom, you don't remember. Memory distortions, hallucinations. One out of five just flat remembers something that did not happen. So what we tell people is we want you to survive physically, psychologically, 
And that's what this is all about. But we also want you to survive legally. And, and there should be no statement until you've had a chance to talk to your attorney. And, and, and it's the law in Texas, it's common sense everywhere else, that cops should have the right to see every video before they make their formal written statement. I begin every class with the Pledge of Allegiance. It ends with justice for all. Ask them, what's the last three words you just said? Justice for all, justice for all. We said that from our youngest days. You ever thought about it? It's a solemn, sacred vow. And if our goal is justice for all, then that written statement has got to have all available resources. You've got memory gaps, you've got memory distortions, you've got memory, you've got, you've got tunnel vision. You put that on paper, it will kick your tail in court. Yet if our goal is justice for all. And so we got to know these things are happening. But even more importantly, we got to know what's going to happen afterwards. You will re-experience the event. The smell can set it off. A sound can set it off. Cop said he, he's in a gunfight, bad guy's down, he's alive, happy in this story. A week later, he and his wife are watching their daughter at a swim meet. A starter's gun goes off when he didn't expect it. Boom. My heart is pounding. I'm gasping for air. I'm drenched with sweat. That is not PTSD. It's normal. How you deal with it will determine whether or not it's PTSD. And the goal is to separate the memory from the emotions. And that's what we'll go to next. That's the next part of this whole dynamic. Before born and forearmed, when the event happens, you're not stunned, you're not surprised. I knew that could happen. Slow motion time, tunnel vision, auditory exclusion. I knew these things could happen. Uh, intrusive memory. And, and all of that stuff I'm telling you about is from my book on combat. Marine Corps commandants require reading lists. Last I heard, issued in several different federal academies, required reading over 100 academies. The book I literally wrote for my kid going to his first combat tour. I got a son with nine combat tours. Now I got a grandson who's in the Army. The book I literally wrote for my kid going into the fight. All the stuff I'm telling you much, much more is in this book. But even more importantly is what happens afterwards. We expect crazy things in the heat of battle. A week later, your heart's pounding, you're gasping for air, your joints are sweat for no good reason or, or, or just some goofy thing that sets it off. you got to be warned. And how you respond will determine whether or not it's PTSD. What happened during that dynamic event, during that critical event, a powerful set of neurons was established. Whenever there's fear and pain associated, a powerful neural network is established. A week later, something trips that network. And, and, and you've got to understand that it's normal, and the goal is to separate the memory from the emotions from the very beginning. A lot of us have heard about critical incident debriefings, a SISM. I teach at their international conference in Baltimore almost every year. We do a debriefing, but the key and the final point before the break, you separate the memory from the emotions with a big swig of water. It will pull you Amazing. from fight or flight to rest and digest. Excellent, excellent start off, uh, Colonel. Appreciate it. Hey, there's going to be more to come to our listeners and viewers. Stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, Motion DSP, they've been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. The Motion DSP software 
easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automated tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, achieving results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. Now, Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source, and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, Spotlight automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, saving users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software, that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. You can actually get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. Motiondsp.com, you'll be glad that you did. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. And welcome back. To the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are still live for the Boss Hawk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we're talking with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman about how to survive a deadly force encounter. Colonel? Uh, again, step one, no denial. Feed the sheepdog, not the sheep. Don't don't live your life in denial. Carry that gun, do that training, live your life in preparation. When the moment of truth comes, you're not stunned, you're not destroyed. You say, I'm prepared for life from this. I'm ready. Number two, forewarned and forearmed, tunnel vision. Bad guys have tunnel vision too. Rapid lateral movement takes you right off their radar screen. Explosive lateral movement, get off the X. Number three, all the crazy things happening in combat, slow motion time, um, memory gaps, memory distortions, be forewarned and forearmed. Uh, Do not shoot your mouth off initially after the incident. Major departments will tell their cops, Wait until your attorney gets there. Wait until your attorney gets there. Uh, we're hearing that over and over with our cops. Wait until your attorney gets there. It's just you, you've just become a suspect in a homicide investigation, and you have got to keep yourself quiet and ready. And I got Anthony over with a double thumbs up. You know, that's a critical point. We want you to survive legally on top of everything else. Uh, wait until the attorney gets you. Memory gaps, memory distortions, and you, you make a statement, and then the video shows, shows something else. And number one, we, we thwarted justice in prosecuting this individual. Number two, we put ourselves in the crosshairs. But understand, when that life and death event happened, a powerful neural network was established, a network of neurons. When you were a kid, how many times do you have to touch a hot stove? Hot stove, how many times? Just once. Unless you're from my home state of Arkansas, just once, touch that hot stove. Ah, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, and, and, I, and the midbrain, the part of the brain, same as your dog, hijacks the forebrain, grabs you by the throat, pees in your lap, said, don't ever touch that stove again. That's what happens at a life and death event. A powerful neural network is established. You don't even know it's there. A week later, a random gunshot goes off, a smell, a sound, your heart is pounding, you re-experience in the event. That is not PTSD. But the goal now is to separate the memory from the emotions. I'm in the process of kind of lining up another publisher for my book on combat. I've gone through and done a compilation of all the letters we've gotten said over and over again, this book saved my life. This book saved my life. The things in this book saved my life over and over again. 
And one of the things that comes up over and over is the breathing exercise. You don't always have a swig of water. You can always stop and breathe. In through the nose for four count, hold for four count. Out through the lips for four count, hold for four count again and again. But the major tool that we have that we're using now everywhere, and what's happened is you've got the sympathetic nervous system, that's fight or flight. On the other end, it's a parasympathetic nervous system. That's sometimes called feed and breed or rest and digest. So you got fight or flight, rest and digest. When the heart starts pounding, the puppy's coming through that screen door, grab you by the throat. You want to pull in the leash and regain control. Pull it from fight or flight to rest and digest. Fight or flight to feed and breed. And the tool that we found that is incredibly powerful is stop and take a drink of water. It sends a message to the body. It says, we're safe. We got time for a drink. Hey, a deer's being chased by a wolf. You stop and get a drink of water. It's really thirsty. I can't get a drink. I'm being chased by a wolf. The fact that you stop and take that drink of water sends a powerful message that says we're safe. So you're a cop getting a statement from a victim of a crime. If that victim becomes emotional, A, you don't need all that drama. B, you send the person down the path of mental illness. You're teaching them to associate the memory with the emotions. But put a bottle of water in front of them. Just the power of a gift. Crack a bottle of water. Put it in front of them. And as that victim of a crime gives their first witness statement, every time they become emotional, make them stop and take a big swig of water. A, you're getting the calm, rational statement that you need. B, you send them down the path of mental wellness. From the very beginning, you teach them to separate the memory from the emotions. You got people who are distraught or, or, or upset. I hear this. I get emails on this on a steady basis. Tell them, stop. Take a big swig of water. Take a big drink of water. Empty that bottle of water. Right now, I had an Australian EMS, a guy from Australia. Hey, Mike, drink down the water. Drink the whole bottle. He chugged down the bottle of water, and he was a different person. Totally recovered, calm, and rational. So we do our debriefing. I teach at the Critical Incident Stress Management International Conference Baltimore almost every year. We all talk about what happened after the incident. It's so important. In that debriefing, we learn the tactical lessons. We fill in the memory gaps. We sort out the memory distortions. But it is also a time of healing. Now we do the debriefing. Think having the dispatcher there. Think about having the crime scene people there. Because they've all got a piece of the puzzle and they've all got a piece of the problem. Everybody sits there, and they all have a bottle of water in front of them. Everybody talks about what happened from the very beginning. We talk our way through it. And every time somebody starts to become emotional, make them stop. Take a big swig of water. Regain control and separate the memory from the emotions. Now, in preparation for a deadly force incident, I spent a lifetime studying this. I have had more people tell me about their experience killing. I've had more people telling me about experience in combat than anybody in human history. I've been on the road for over 25 years. Every day, somebody comes up and gives me a case study, an example. And, and I am convinced that of all the things you could do to prepare for your moment of truth in combat, hunting is the single best way to prepare for combat. Before you have to shoot your own species, you should have had experience shooting another species. Our book on hunting is a major part of the equation out there. 
If you don't hunt, read the book. If you do hunt, read the book. See what it's about. Understand what it's all about. It is the single best way. Auditory exclusion. You don't hear the shots. It blows people's minds. Hunters experience that all the time. Buck fever. Whatever buck fever is, it is important you get it out of the way now. Shooting a deer. Then have it happen when you have your first deadly force incident. And finally, there is a spiritual ingredient to all of this. Having a spiritual foundation truly helps. That's why faith is one of the one of the, the pillars of resiliency. And my book on spiritual combat, Christian Book Award finalist, recommend it very highly. So there it is, Chip. Short and dirty. Uh, the, <laughs> the nuts and bolts of being prepared for that deadly force incident to the best of our ability. Excellent, Colonel. Hey, guys, more to come. Stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. So you guys know about Gauls, right? I mean, they're the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. I mean, they have a variety of offerings, everything from uh, multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. And as our panelist, Brett Bartlett, always says, they pretty much have everything but guns and ammunition. So if you're an active law enforcement or, or even military, you know, just look at your duty belt or the gear that you're carrying and, and just about everything there. It either came from Gauls or else Gauls makes it. And if you have a family friend or loved one that's involved in law enforcement, uh, what a perfect idea for a gift, getting a gift card or getting something from Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo uh, to give to that uh, give to that person to help support them and to support a great company as well. And their uniform program is second to none. Even my former agency, the Tampa Police Department, you know, we went through a couple of uniform companies while I was there. And let's just say that they leave a lot to be desired. But Gauls has a uniform office on the second floor lobby, the Tampa Police Department, and they're doing a jam-up job. So their uniform program is great. Gauls.com slash Leo. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. And we are live with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Wow, what a great breakdown, Colonel, of, uh, of how they handled a deadly force scenario, uh, well, a deadly, a deadly force situation. And, you know, we've got... Um, you know, on our streams, we're streaming the eight locations. Of course, Kevin Mofield uh, typed in, said that he reads your books and uh, they were very helpful during his active duty as a deputy. And he's thanking you in that post. So I, I, I have that on screen to show the colonel. And and then we had someone else. I think it was uh, Sergeant George that said was talking about, you know, you missing your calling. Um you know, about being a, uh, about talking like a, a preacher. And so I told him, I said, Hey, you need to read the Colonel's uh, faith based books because you know, you've got, you've, you've got them and they're, and they're excellent resources. And, and a lot of people maybe aren't aware of that. And so then of course at, you know, Grossman on truth.com is a, a one-stop shop in order to, uh, to learn more about you, support you and uh, read those books or the book you for a speaking engagement. So anyhow, I just thought I'd, uh, I'd share that um, com- commentary on that uh, Colonel. Well, you know, it's a real pleasure. I'm honored to be uh, on board, but I've got something I want to plug in at this point. Uh, you know, I, I tell people never willingly surrender the incredible advantage of surprise. If you're not wearing a uniform, untuck that shirt. And uh, and, and, and your right hand guy's not with us today, but he always talks about goals. I'm going to fill that spot. You know, he talks about kill me first pants. You know, just wear blue jeans. And uh, and, and I wear the 511 blue jeans and wear the 511 shirts. And of course, I live in my hike shoes, all available on Gauls, the best shirts on the planet, the best blue jeans on the planet, the best shoes on the planet, uh, 511 shirts, 511 blue jeans, and then uh, the hikes, uh, the hike shoes. Uh, you don't need anything else. Uh, my wife says, why, why is that all you wear? That's all I need. And I, what, what do I need? And I'm not, I'm not some flaky fashion model. I don't need to change what I wear every day. I'm content with who I am. And it's all there at Gauls. And uh, we recommend it highly. So 
uh, yeah, you got some great people on board. Anthony's got some, uh, you know, some feedback, and Jason's got feedback. Eager to see what they might have to say on the subject. Well, Colonel, real quick, didn't I? I heard, I heard a rumor had it that your five eleven tactical gear made it to the White House. Is that any truth to that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I've been in the White House twice, and the first time it, it, it just came out of nowhere. You know, do you want to come to the White House tomorrow? And I happened to be in D.C. working some feds. I said, sure. What are you going to wear? You know, all I got is what I travel in, right? So I got my leather vest. It did look fairly good. I put on my little bolo tie. <laughs> and I'm at the White House in my hikes and my, my 5'11 jeans and my 5'11 shirt and I, my little bolo tie and my leather vest. And the, with the, you know, the, the president, I got invited again, again, almost last minute. I'm out on the road going three, four cities a week. And once again, brief Vice President Pence, nice picture up on the wall there. Vice President Pence, you know, in his suit and tie, and I'm in the Vice President's office with my little bolo tie and my uh, and my my leather vest and my 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 hikes and uh, and and my five eleven jeans and shirt. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of set the standard uh, two times in a row. It's all I got. It's gonna have to be good enough. And uh, and so that's that's a norm, you know. You, you when when uh, when you wear the best, you don't have to worry about whether you're gonna be at whether this White House one day and court the next day or uh, out in the mud, the blood and the beer the next day. You know, it's it's all about rolling with it. I'm I'm with you. Well, uh, well, well, Anthony and Jason, you know, um, and Anthony, um, I know you're with Blue the Gold in that the search and seizure is like your wheelhouse, and we've got you know some videos are going to be coming. So, do you or Jason have anything that you want to you want to uh, broach right now before we hit the first video? The only thing I want to say is that um, the whole the tactical breathing stuff really helped me a lot when I was a cop because I am a person who gets amped up very easily. It's just my it's my DNA. And uh, I read Grossman's books a, a long, long time ago. In fact, I attended this class, I think, in 2007 was my first class with him. But anyway, I just want to um, just give a shout out that that, that tactical breathing stuff. I thought it was like yoga-ish at first. And I'm like, nah, let me try this. And it actually was very good. So good, good advice overall. And I can't wait to read uh, some of your newer books, too. I, I have to tell you, I'm a little behind the curve. But I'm hoping they're on audiobooks, And I think that they probably are. So They are. And I do the narration. And I'm kind of unique as an author that all of my audiobooks outsell, and they sell pretty well, but the audiobooks just consistently outsell. I'll tell you something else kind of fun. The most fun audiobook we did, me and my co-authors did the audiobook for Ron Hunting, and we had an outtakes reel. We've never done it. I've never seen anybody do an outtakes reel in an audiobook, and it's hilarious. And it's got great spots and good input and, awesome. and dynamite information. So, yeah, I do all my own narration. They've been really well-received. I got pretty good at it over time, and, uh, and, and, and thanks for asking. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, if you just if you listen to audiobooks and you do a 20 minute commute, you can do a book a month easy and turn it into. Yeah, that's, that's my time. that's my game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. <laughs> I heard you have game, Anthony. I heard you have game. So, yeah, cool. not, not much. That's the only game of listening to audiobooks. It's not much. Hey, All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, if, if, if that's it and, and the colonel's going to stick, are you going to be able to stick with us, Colonel, while we cover you a couple bet. incidents? You bet. Beyond oh, you. Excellent. So this first one is on Rumble. I think it's the best law enforcement video channel out there called This Is Butter. They're at rumble.com. So we have Fremont police fatally shoot a carjacking suspect when he pulls out a replica of a Beretta M9 pistol. But, of course, the cops don't know at the time that it's a replica. You got lethal? I got lethal. Keep your hands up. Walk towards me. Now, uh, go ahead on over here. Turn around. Turn around. Good. Good. Drop down to the ground now. Drop down. And there's are there are what three body cams on this? The the uh, third body cam is shown twice. The second time they actually do some uh, 
uh, freeze frames on it. And, and it's really, you know, it's one thing to watch a dynamic video that's going down in real time and you just don't perceive everything that's there until they slow that thing down. Um, unless, unless you're the cop watching it. And as the Colonel described, things just kind of slow down for you when you're in the heat of the moment. So the Fremont police department, uh, they released this body cam footage of a fatal police shooting on Friday. The shooting happened April 13th of 2023, a 19 year old Newark resident, Elmer Lopez, uh, Casadina, uh, he was en ended up being killed. So the incident began when police say they're notified about a vehicle that had been carjacked on February the 14th. So, wow, Valentine's Day. So the teenage victim had just dropped their child off at school. Suspect approaches them with a knife and drives off in the vehicle. So on April the 13th, a license plate reader camera alerted the Newark and Fremont Police Departments about this vehicle, and officers located it at a Chase Suites hotel at about 4.11 p.m. So the vehicle, it's unoccupied at the time. When police find it, however, they sit back and they watch, right? They do surveillance, and eventually two guys, including Lopez, Castaneda, and they enter, enter the car. So they do a high-risk traffic stop. They tell the guys to get out, put their hands up. So following the officer's commands, Lopez, uh, Castaneda, or bad guy, gets out of the car with his hands on top of his head. Then they see what looks like a gun in his waistband, and they start yelling out, you know, commands. First, they alert each other, hey, gun, gun. You know, they let everybody know that he's got a gun on him. They tell him to uh, drop to the ground. Uh, of course, with his back to the officers, he faces away from them, but he reaches for his waistband, officers fire. So the weapon in the waistband later discovered to be a full metal replica of the Beretta M9 pistol. It falls into the car after he shot and slides on the ground. He's pronounced dead at the scene, but that's the way this thing goes down. Um, commentary, gentlemen. Colonel, you want to start us off or anybody else? Go ahead, guys. Jump on in. No, I mean, the only thing you know, I want to say is, I, yeah, no, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was good. I, I, I love the fact that, like, they had that SWAT vehicle and they had a lot of tools. They had less lethal. I mean, everybody was coordinated. Um, and the guy, the guy went for his gun. I mean, he, you know, he's he he doesn't follow the the common sense rules when you're being, when a gun's being pointed at you by police and you have a a replica, real gun, whatever it is, you don't go for it. And he did, and it cost him. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, th thank you, Anthony. You know, Jason, you know, the, the colonel kind of laid it out. Uh, it, it, it's not going to matter the fact that, in fact, it might even create more issues for certain people knowing they, they shot somebody that didn't have maybe a real firearm, even though they couldn't tell, you know, mentally. And the colonel just kind of explained that. As you, it, 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 what really matters is how you handle these things you go through. Uh, but uh, your comments, Jason? Well, you know, the one thing I noticed right off the bat when you watched that video is the transition from less than lethal to lethal. The officers are spot on. They, you can tell they've been through training. They've done this type of scenario before. And as the colonel said before, is they've trained for it. They've trained for it. So when something happens like that, their tunnel vision was out the door. They had eyes on the passenger. They had eyes on the, the suspect in front of them. And they were able to transition and engage and stop that uh, threat, even though the threat turned out to be less than lethal. But you never know. I mean, I mean, he had a less than lethal weapon on him. But, yeah, absolutely uh, Excellent, excellent job by the police. And you know the the fact that it was a was not a live weapon. You you've got to embrace the fact that the perpetrator makes the decision, and it necessitates deadly force. Uh, they made that decision. You're doing what you're trained to do. You're doing what you're ordered to do. You got to recognize from that point on, everything is on this individual, and uh, and 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 embrace that ahead of time. Uh, they made that decision. Whatever reason the idiot reached for, for a, 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 a phony weapon, whatever he thought he was doing, it's on him, not you. And you've got to embrace that ahead of time. 
All right, excellent. Excellent commentary, guys. If there's if there's nobody else on this one, I'll jump to the next one then. We've got another similar one. We're still on Rumble. This is Butters the Channel. So Farmington police released a video showing officers in pursuit of an 18-year-old gunman in a deadly mass shooting. Good. Five eyes on the suspect. He's walking south. He's wearing all black, skinny. He's in front of the Methodist Church, walking southbound on Dustin. I'm being told he's got an automatic weapon. They fired the police! See your hands! He just took off White House, directly south of the church. More shots are being fired! Sarge, stop right there. Stop right there. Make a contact in. Give me another unit to Dustin and Apache. Dustin and Navajo. Right here, follow me. Right up here by the White House. White House on the left east side. Too late, I have Sarge. A couple of detectives with me. Get back inside, people! Arms your hands! I'm good! Subject is down! Subject is down! She's fire! She's fire! Move up! Hey! We're securing! Too late, Justin. Fire by police. We're at 713 North. Do not move! Do not move! Here, comes right here. And you know, these bad guys, what, they're always 18 to 21. I mean, we get older, we get a little slower, and hopefully not too, we don't lose too much sharpness, but you know, we all, as, as cops, and I'm sure most of the type A, you know, military, you know, we always think that we're smarter, better looking and, you know, sharper than we probably are. But uh, in this particular scenario, the Farmington Police Department. Oh, producer Jimmy couldn't resist it. Yeah, he just he just he just stands there being quiet and then he just just something takes over him. So uh, uh, we got just a few seconds to be the wet, wet the appetite on this. But the Farmington Police Department, they released videos on Thursday showing the chaos and terror in a residential neighborhood moments before government opened fires on Monday on cars and houses at random. Guys, this is a wild story, how this thing goes down, what happens to shootout and everything. Stick with us. Commercial break. We'll be right back. You know, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offers a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy in their training. It's approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, 
what they need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start the day with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at absolutely no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be very glad that you did. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live to the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. You know, we're talking about Farmington, Farmington police dealing with an 18-year-old gunman in a, in a deadly mass shooting. And in my notes that I write down from watching it, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing shots fired. We have like three different uh, body cams, but one of them showing, uh, you know, a shootout. Bad guy goes down at 353. And then there's another shootout. Well, I guess it's the same one, but recorded a different body cam where the officer goes down and needs a tourniquet. It's just a uh, it's just a wild video and uh, and not necessarily easy to watch. So this guy, this bad guy, this 18 year old bad guy is going through a residential neighborhood and he's just firing randomly at cars and houses, killing uh, three women and injuring several other people. It's got the names of the uh, of the victims in the article. And. It talks about, uh, you know, him just passing by vehicles and just, you know, firing inside of them. So the third clip is a body cam footage from an unidentified officer that's carrying a long rifle. And he pursues Wilson on foot. The officer begins by walking. Then he accelerates to a sprint after spotting Wilson, our bad guy, and issuing a description of him to other officers via the radio. So officer, um, he orders Wilson to show his hands, but the shooter runs to a nearby church and resumes firing. Officer gets back on his radio, calls for additional backup and alerting them. You know, as they're arriving, that they've got a shooter because we don't want to, you know, put them in harm's way and uh, continues to pursue Wilson as additional police um, vehicles stream into the area. And as officers arrive, uh, the officer takes charge, tells the uh, the guys, the cavalry that's arriving, hey, right there, follow me. He directs them to the uh, White House uh, that was uh, previously identified as the First Church of Christ. Uh, and it says that that's where Wilson apparently decided to stop running. The confrontation ends when. Uh, Wilson, the bad guy, is taken down in a volley of gunfire. Uh, the fourth clip, it's a body cam worn by Sergeant Rachel Desenza. She's a 10-year veteran of the department, one of two officers wounded in the incident. And after arriving at the scene in a squad car, she runs towards the shooter, takes cover behind a row of shrubs. Now, that would be uh, that would be a, a concealment, not cover. And uh, at one side of the parking lot, she extends her arm in front of the body while gripping her service weapon with both hands, says that she followed two officers out from behind the protection of shrubbery. I don't know why they look. I'm just reading from the article. No protection of shrubbery. Uh, but she goes to the sidewalk, advances towards the shooter. Another burst of gunfire erupts and she staggers, falls prone uh, to the ground and says, tells the officers that she's with it. She's been shot. And then they have to do the uh, tourniquet thing with her. Um, and uh, anyhow, so they, it kind of goes into into that, but that's the the gist of it. Um, and we have yet another one that we're going to another active shooter, but it's a fake active shooter call. That we're going to be talking about after this one. But uh, Jason, go ahead and start us off. You know, this scenario was a great one for the colonel to be on here. Follow me, do as I do. You know, they followed, they went up to, they engaged the subject, but then when the subject was down. The other officer was shot. And this one really hit home because, you know, I have a lot of friends that are still on the street and I keep thinking about them. They went and they, it, it seemed like just like a military scenario. They ran up and said, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Were you hurt? And they immediately, immediately started putting a tourniquet on, using their tourniquet and making sure they were good to go and then secured the scene. So this was a, this was an incredible situation to look at. Physical fitness. You watch that officer run into that engagement and, you know, usually when you watch these body cam figure, 
things, you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to have a heart attack. And a lot of times they do because it's such a stressful situation. That officer, follow me, boom, let's do this, and they stop the threat. I love it. Uh, anything else, gentlemen? The only feedback I have is that it seems that she probably had time to grab her AR. Everybody else seemed to have one, and she was bringing a pistol to that fight. But I don't want to Monday morning quarterbacker. But that's why I'm a, a huge advocate of having ARs in the passenger compartment, not in the trunk. So you can just yeah. grab it as you're driving. All right. Yeah. Hey, and a couple of notes, though. Uh, you made a point about, you know, we get old and we're going to get slow, but we can still be one hell of a shot. And uh, there, there's every excuse in the world to get old. I'm, I don't feel superior because you're not fat. Uh, so, so many random variables you can't control. Uh, we can't control growing old. When many times we can't control growing fat, but we can still be one hell of a shot. And, and, and I, I'll give you every pass for growing old and for putting on weight. I will not give you a pass for not being a hell of a shot. And I use the example of Officer Greg Stevens, May of 2015, draw the Prophet Muhammad Art Festival. Uh, two art critics show up from Arizona at the, uh, they're, they're the first Islamic or the, the first ISIS directed attack on American soil. They roll out of the vehicle, rifles and body armor, a 59 year old traffic cop with a pistol killed them both. Uh, I show a photograph of President Obama putting a medal around his neck, Officer Greg Stevens. Uh, how many people would have been dead? Uh, over 30 rounds of rifle fired, fired at him. He, they didn't hit once. He's hitting virtually every shot fired 40 feet away. Incredible accuracy. He, he tells his audience, I'm just a guy. I'm not an Army Ranger. I'm not a SWAT dog. But his department had an open range one Saturday a month for 37 years, almost every month, one Saturday a month, he was on the range. He said, I trained and I trained hard. Uh, like I said, we'll grow old and we'll grow fat, but there is no excuse for not being one hell of a shot. And we can see in case after case after case, if they were able to accurately put bullets on target early on, how many lives would be saved, including your own? How quickly would the bad guy be stopped? One other thing, just a little thing, but I think it's worth mentioning. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Uh, my little brother was a SWAT medic in, uh, in California. He spun out with some real bad PTSD in the 1980s. He said he can't imagine how many people died. And the last thing they heard was a lie coming out of my mouth. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Then they die. So what we tell people today is don't tell them that. Tell them the worst is over. We're here now. The worst is over. It's true. It's reassuring. Put it in your head. Don't, don't, don't tell people it's going to be okay. Uh, it, it could be a lie. You're going to be okay. You're going to make it. going to be okay. Then he dies on you. Just, just put those words in your head. Uh, the worst is over now. We're here. And, and, and roll with that. But what a great example of courage under fire. What a great example of men and women going toward the sound of the guns. And, and again, it comes down to putting lead on target. Marksmanship is the defining skill to save lives. Thanks. You know, we got a little less than three minutes, so let me get this last one. I think the uh, the colonel, this is it, it's wild where this thing goes down. I think it's a psych hospital for kids. Rumble.com, this is butter again. Body cam shows police response and panic in an active shooter drill at a Michigan psych hospital for kids. We need to make sure it's a drill. Keep your hands off. Get out of your pocket. Move to your left. Move to your left. We have two subjects prone out in the front. One wearing a blue shirt advising that this is only a drill. Do either one of you have weapons on you? Okay, do you understand what is going on now? Okay, tell me what's going on. Why are we here? Somebody called an active intruder, which... 
Do you have a right stop? Okay. Apparently somebody did not do what they, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. Okay. But this was unannounced as a building from that dock door that was propped open because one of the staff left. Okay. And left the door open. Okay. So that's how they got into the facility. Okay. Can we call them to have them? Have them come to the front. I can, if you're. Yeah. Yes, cool. please. Tom. Have them end, end their scenario. No, no guns. They're coming out. Hands up. Guns right there. Slowly move your jacket so I can see your waistline. Do you understand? Do it now. Lift your jacket so I can see your waistline. Slowly do it now. Slowly turn around and keep turning. Do it now. No, we didn't have no guns. No. So what are we supposed to do to kill the people here? We were just walking around. You're dead. We're just looking out. Good. Hey, we got the two on the north side detained. I had two bakers who were making contact with management. <laughs> Confirm drill. Any replica weapons? Confirm drill. Okay. And look, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to kind of skim through the, uh, the the highlights of this article. But it starts off saying, imagine you're at work and over a loudspeaker, you hear an announcement that states armed intruders have entered the building. What would you do? It says that employees and patients inside a Northville, Michigan, psychiatric hospital for children, they heard this announcement December the 21st, 2022, so months ago, and they said they were filled with fear and confusion. So the facility was doing a drill, didn't let the local cops know, didn't know the employees know, the patients know, nobody knew. Cops, not just one, I think there were three agencies that responded. They're, they're proning people out at gunpoint in the parking lot, uh, school, you know, school staff people, because, uh, you know, it's, it, they think it's an active shooter call. I mean, it's just, it's just, I mean, everything I read about this. And then, of course, the, the frantic calls, you know, from the people that are inside the building that are hiding uh, from an active shooter. They're calling police, calling 911, you know, begging for help. It's just, it's just, it's crazy. Um, guys, uh, we got about a minute and a half. Love to hear your, uh, your, your input on this. Jason, you know, whenever you do a law enforcement operation, you notify the people around the area. If you're going to be doing the search warrant and everything, a lot of times you call a clearinghouse. When you're doing an active shooter drill or an active intruder or whatever they want to call it, notify everybody and anybody that it's a drill. That's that's just a fundamental point here, guys. You know, uh, uh, and once a year it happens. Please, please. Oh, we want the element of surprise. We want to be it. No, 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 no. Uh, if, if this is the absolutely please if we get one life-saving piece of information out there today uh, always let people know that when you're going to be doing these drills uh, it, it will explode in your face and and we see it about once a year when some idiot tries to do that uh, you must let everybody know including law enforcement that we're going to be doing a drill at this time at this location let all your employees know let your customers know if you want to make it realistic let them know what's happening. Fire a few gunshots in the hallway. Those are useful stress inoculation dynamics that can create realism. But never, never fire a few blanks in the hallway if you want to. But never, never uh, do something like this and fail to give people information 
I think uh, Anthony could talk about the legal liability associated yeah. with that. We only Ten have a second. few seconds, but can you imagine a concealed weapons holder shooting one of these participants? Oh, my God. It just it, – it, it, anyway. Wow. Well, Crazy excellent shit. show – Excellent show, gentlemen. Um, I want to—I want you guys to open up your mics real quick. Save me 15 minutes at the end. I do want to just mention uh, the Wounded Blue at the WoundedBlue.org. You know, Lieutenant Randy Sutton's company and uh, or or 501c3 uh, charity. And uh, you know, Anthony, tell us real quick about Blue and Gold. How people can find you the website, and then I want Jason to go. Hey, uh, BlueToGold.com. We do search and seizure training. We're the best at it. We're the largest at it. So visit BlueToGold.com for the best legal training. And Jason, oh, yeah. First thing you do is go to blue gold.com and then you then you tune into the Protectors <laughs> Podcast. The Protectors Podcast streaming on every major podcast platform. All right, thank you. Hey, Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com on Medicare.life Fuel, uh, and we're fueled by Bang Energy. Thank you, Ray Dieter, Red Voice Media. Thank you, Colonel um, Grossman on Truth.com. Correct. Amen. Thank, Grossman thank on you so much for being. Guys, great books. Check it out. Grossmanontruth.com. Great show. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week. <laughs>